I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. Ah, hello. Welcome to episode 154 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Well, we've got a couple of new Patreon supporters. Thank you very much. It really does mean a lot. And to our ongoing Patreon supporters, thank you, because without you, we cannot make this podcast. And if you want to show your support from as little as £3 a month, you can go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile and you'll find a Linktree drop-down box. Just follow the Patreon link there. And it'll tell you exactly what to do. It's just the price of a cup of coffee per month, you know. And if you're not able, that's still cool. This content is free for everyone. On Friday, just gone, I was invited to host Kirstler Arts Poetry Event, which was held on the Royal Festival Hall over on South Bank. So I started the evening with a little introduction and read one of the four poems that were created by people who are held within the criminal justice system. There were several poets present as well, and having to stand up and read a poem in front of these proper poets really made me feel the tension, you know? But as I was working my way through this poem, I thought I could hear a conversation that was coming from the speaker that was about six feet away from me. But I carried on regardless, but then I I started feeling the pressure because I'm standing up on stage in front of a podium, in front of a room full of people, that I could clearly make out that it was comedians Ed Gamble and Nish Kumar speaking about a programme they were on called The Taskmaster. Then I thought to myself, that's that's a coincidence. I was listening to a podcast with them on when I was coming into the building. And then obviously had the stark realisation that the conversation was coming from my phone in my pocket. 
Although I'd put it on silent, I was unaware that that didn't affect the media volume setting. I didn't even try and style it out. I just took my phone out and uh, confessed there and then to a room full of laughter. But it broke the ice, that's for sure. I'll hopefully live it down one day. But the Kersler Arts exhibition, The I and the We, which was curated by Camille Walala, finishes this weekend coming, which is, I think, the 5th of December. So if you've not seen it and you're in the area, pop in. It's quite a powerful exhibition. And if you do, there's little comment cards there that you can write directly to one of the artists. And from my own experience, I can tell you that to receive one of these cards is a real morale boost. That's Kersler Arts at the Royal Festival Hall. Back to this week's episode. Well, today on the Ministry of Arts, we're taking you to meet the founders of the Liberty Choir, MJ and Ginny. MJ is the choir master who moved over here from the US over 20 years ago. And Ginny, her partner in both the choir and life itself, was a journalist for the Times and uses her connections to make stuff happen. So together, they're quite a force to be reckoned with. At the moment, Liberty Choir runs four community choirs, two in London, two on the South Coast. And they take some of their volunteers into various prisons to create prison choirs and various musical programmes. Now, I'd previously been told how much fun MJ and Ginny were, and I was also told I probably wouldn't get a word in edgeways. And I thought, well, I'm known as being a bit of a natterbox myself. It'll obviously make for a good conversation. But man, as soon as they come on screen and I pressed record, I felt like a supply teacher with a couple of unruly students. They were brilliant. I fell in love with them straight away. I genuinely felt like I was a subscriber to my own podcast. But it was just pure passion. And passion is one thing that you cannot buy. And they have got bundles of it. So as you can imagine, the seven question format went straight out the window. I only asked one, which was the last question, which is, what have you got coming up? And I'll mention what they have got coming up at the start here, because it's very important. So as from the day this podcast comes out on the 30th of November, they are taking part in the Big Give Christmas Challenge 2021. And it's a challenge that's running for seven days. And if they're chosen, all donations given through the Big Give doubles. And I've not even got to explain what that means to a small charity. So best go and grab a pen now because by the end of this podcast you're going to love MJ and Ginny as much as I did and you're going to want to donate anyway. Oh and just before we start I should explain a couple of things. At a couple of points the guys mentioned NPR and I can't remember if I explained it during our conversation but NPR stands for National Prison Radio. Let me just give you a couple of lines as to what NPR do. NPR promotes the importance of rebuilding or maintaining family relationships through its programs, but also allows friends, family and relatives of prisoners to send messages of love and support to their loved ones in prison. So it is pretty much what it says on the tin, a national prison radio. They also mention Radio Wano a couple of times. Wano is the nickname of HMP Wandsworth, which is a large Victorian prison in South London and they have their own internal radio station, which is run by prisoners. And as I say, I'm pretty sure that both get mentioned without explanation. So in preparation, sit tight, buckle up, and let me introduce you to the amazing MJ and Ginny of Liberty Choir. With our charity. No, Gary, so you know, I always say she's my dream maker. Okay? Oh, sure. <laughs> because, but, 
Because I'll say, I want to do blah, 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 blah. I know, but okay? you're not letting me say something. And so, then, and then so, she so, makes it happen. I'm going to support your dreams, so stop it. Um, <laughs> oh, so, I love you two already. Oh, God. <laughs> what, what it is, I'll just tell you the very broadest thing. It's liberty choir in lockdown. Because within, actually, this will be part of the interview, I'm sure. But I'll just say very, very, in one sentence, in... In um, uh, we are very happy that we were so robust and flexible and fleet-footed as a charity that within two weeks of lockdown being declared, therefore our core activity that we've worked oh, yeah. on so hard of live rehearsals, that we had created an, a different delivery, um, which were radio shows, which we will go into in great detail, but not just a radio show in Wano, Radio Wano in, in Wandsworth, yeah. But then across the whole prison estate of England and Wales through uh, NPG. And on the back of that, uh, uh, um, National Prison Radio, NPR. Yeah. And on the back of that, we're now doing a year-long radio show to go yeah. through the whole. So, so that's really what I just thought was that I really wanted to collect, you know, some of the, all of this we'll talk to you about, but some of the letters, incredible letters, incredible artwork, incredible outpourings, responses. Uh, our volunteers went to all the prisons. We're with... going too much. We're going to do it in the interview. Anyway, lots of great stuff that we'll talk to you about. And I wanted to to make a book of it. Brilliant. With artist illustrations. But Thanks. yeah, if there's anything I can help you with, I, I will do by all means. Have we got your email? Yes. Can we go on to the Have... interview? I'm going to take interviewing it. now. No, let Gary. Take I know charge. it's awful because I am an interviewer. So it's can awful. Gary take charge? Have now? we got Gary's email? Yes. Can we? Yes. <sighs> Okay. Hi, Gare. I We're feel more like a referee than a host. <laughs> <laughs> this is us in, in you imagine if you've experienced us in prison. You would have had go, a laugh. When, when we go into the governor's office, they give up. Well, you mentioned Radio Wano there. That was the last prison I went in um, on the Friday before lockdown. Right. I went in to do the prison radio with um, right. Persler. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, that's okay. fantastic. So with, 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 we're going to stop now. <laughs> anyway, this morning, I'm with MJ and Ginny from the Liberty Choir. Good morning, ladies. Hi, Gare. Hello, Gary. <laughs> are you good? Yes, we are. Thank you very we're... much. Now we're behaving very well. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm glad of it. Otherwise, you'd be on the naughty step again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Thanks, first of Brad. all, would you be able to give us a little insight into both yourselves and Liberty Choir? Sure. Go ahead, Jen. Um, I'm, uh, thank you for asking. So I'm, uh, by profession, a journalist. I have, um, I was with The Times for 20 years. I've also worked uh, in Australia and I uh, interview famous people and syndicate those articles around the world. And I continue to do that post the times. But when I uh, finally came to the end of my uh, time at the times, uh, that was really when we got into um, helping to launch uh, Liberty Choir, um, the charity that we'd always talked about. And um, so th there is always life after some gig that comes to an end and all gigs do come to an end yeah. including our final gig on this world <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i've got into that and um i've used those skills basically as Brilliant. a journalist and those contacts and brought practically anybody who ever get on with who's well known into the fold of liberty choir 
and use those skills. Poacher turned gamekeeper, if you like, as, <laughs> as doing the people. I'm having my knee squeezed, MJ, who will now go on at twice the length with her crisp and to the point. Uh, I've been a performer all my life. Um, choirs are a passion with me. Um, uh, you know, I, I come from a large Italian-American Jewish family, very embracing, loving, um, who loves music and singing and um, and I know what music has done for me in, in every way. And, and of course I love it and I love sharing it and bringing people to music to, in, uh, to enjoy creativity and uh, what it does when people are gathered in a room together, breathing together and the camaraderie and fellowship that happens because of that. Yeah. And uh, I could go on about it, but you know, that's who I am. I'm a musician and, uh, and, and I, I'm also someone all my life um, I was a gay entertainer, uh, but all my life I was an activist, a social activist, and um, I care about the community. Brilliant. Yeah. Can't ask for much more than that. And what brought you to the UK, MJ, if you don't mind me asking? Gare, love brought me to the UK. Oh, brilliant. Go. I mean, in my, in my dreams, I would have never imagined. And, uh, but uh, uh, Ginny, love brought me to the UK, and I love it. Uh, um, you know, I... I'm, I've been fortunate in my life because, you know, I've experienced two fantastic countries of freedom and, um, but the impressiveness of the UK, of the social democracy, of um, uh, museums being free, um, uh, healthcare for everyone, um, just that little bit extra that you get in the UK, you know, with democracy was quite impressive. I'll, I'll never leave because Excellent. of that. Well, because of Ginny, too. But, you know. <laughs> Unless she pushes you away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ginny, how did you get into choir itself? Or was you always into it? Good question. So I am, um, uh, MJ has got the most stunning voice. You know, she was a, an entertainer. So she's got this uh, chest voice, you know, which is the deep kind of Aretha yeah, Franklin yeah. R&B soul nice. voice. And then she's got this high head voice, which is the, the soprano, the Ave Maria, all of this. And may I just say before I come to me, just while I think about it, prisoners could kind of go choir and often did, did obviously, and yeah. we get very funny stories. But like, because prisoners are no different from non-prisoners, everybody respects talent yeah. and are awed by talent. Of course. And one of the things with Liberty Choir is when MJ sings, the, we, we do it through chapels and things, actually, there's yeah. a reason why we do that, but we're non-religious, but everybody in that room falls silent. Nice. And, and she has, uh, you know, her accompanist and music deputy music director, who also, um, uh, you know, is unbelievably proficient as a musician. His first instrument's clarinet. And, and pianist is second, he plays in the London Philharmonic, you know, wow. everybody is brilliant. All the musicians are hugely talented. The singers in the choir, because I think probably we should explain that the whole concept is we bring volunteers in from MJ's, uh, MJ's, um, I'm coming back to it, MJ's, from MJ's choirs in the community, but other people, guests and so on, and they integrate then with the prisoners. So we're a mixed choir. Brilliant. Um, 
I'm just speaking for myself here. I'm an enthusiastic singer as opposed to... <laughs> yeah, I'm enthusiastic about a lot of things. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I've always loved singing. Yeah. Um, other people in my family have not always loved me singing. Tough. Um, but uh, but I, I, um, I hadn't really thought of being in choirs other than when I was uh, trying to finish a novel and I had a little sabbatical in America. I met MJ and I joined her choir there and then I had singing lessons and so on and so forth, uh, where mm. feelings blossomed and drama happened and we won't go into all that. But um, I love being in the choirs. I love being in the choirs in prison. I love being in the choirs in the community. I, I've been there at MJ's side from her very first choir. She started in England. I knew that people would love her in England. And she appeals to the most hoity-toity aristocrat and to the most working man or woman. Yeah, brilliant. She treats everyone the same. She swears, I'm afraid, like a trooper. Stop <laughs> <laughs> herself swearing when she was teaching at primary school and setting up the most amazing. I, I just had to say one thing, if you want to get an idea of who MJ is. She took on, because she found it impossible to get a job when she came, which is often a case of ex-prisoners. She, she tried for 150 positions and only one place, which is what's not, not how she saw herself because she isn't a very accomplished musician. She saw herself at college or university level, but she was starting from scratch and she took this job in a primary school. She was kind of embarrassed about it. It didn't fit with her image of herself. That job that she took was the making of her here. Brilliant. Because what she did was, and this is something, just one fact that tells you an enormous amount about her, she discovered that Wandsworth Council would give musical instruments for every year of that primary school and hadn't been taken advantage of. In her time teaching there, every single kid by the end of the four or five years that you were there was left that school reading music because of MJ. Wow. And each of them had you know, cello one year, recorder another year, violin another year. And, and she wrote songs for those kids. They performed them. She opened up and they're still, because we, we do our community, South London Choir community rehearsals in the school that she taught in. Excellent. Still, people come up in the street and the children who are now obviously at university say, oh, Miss Paranzino, you taught me how to love music. Excellent. Enthusiasm, obviously into, into the prisons as well, so. But, but Gary, can I just tell you briefly about Liberty Choir a little bit? Please, that's what we're here for. Okay, so Liberty Choir, is uh, about uh, going in and forming a choir with um, the prisoners, the residents of a prison, and and the Liberty Choir uh, volunteers, and mixing the community with the prison community together. Well, could I and, ask before you get to this yeah. stage, how did it? It was obviously a choir first, mm. am I correct? And then it became a prison associated choir. Yes. How did that? Could we just step back and and yeah. tell me how it started as a choir and then as a prison choir? Yes. Yeah, so 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 I have I have four community choirs now. I started with my first choir, the Brighton City Singers, and so um, community choirs. I'm not unique. I'm not unique. There are four community choirs now: the Brighton City Singers, 
the South London Choir, the West London Choir, and Hastings Town Singers. Those are my four community choirs. Brilliant. So about 250 singers, okay? Sometimes 300. Um, and, and they're not on non-auditioning choirs. So there are people that are choir people in it, to people who have never done it before, to everything in between. Excellent. And, and, and I want people to experience all styles of music from, from Mozart to ABBA, uh, to Bob Marley, to rap, to musical theater, jazz, swing, and new music. Um, and because one of the things that happened to me growing up, I, like I said, I come from a great family. Everybody loved to sing. I grew up on Sinatra, Italians. We, we, we thought he was a god, okay? And everybody sang. And you would go to concerts with Sinatra, see an orchestra, and I'm sure I saw a cello there, but I never really put it together. Yeah. When, when my parents, and, and I'm, I'm a kid born with a talent, never had to think about it, it just happens. Wow. Ask me to read a book and I struggle, okay? But I'm very good at math. As a musician, a lot of musicians were good at math, okay? All that, so I'm born with a talent. My parents begin to make money and we move to a better neighborhood. And that school, I'm like 13, has a choir and you get music. And I remember the first time I'm in the choir and we sing Mozart's La Date Dominum. So it's the first time that I'm really exposed to classical music. And I thought, oh my God, what is this? Yeah. Okay. And, and luckily I had a very good music teacher. Okay. So now, and I'm singing in my operatic voice as opposed to just singing a song. And, you know, I'm playing the piano, never studious at it. Okay. Um, I wanted to play Carol King and accompany my dad singing my way. Okay. All that yeah. kind of thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, but here I was, you know, singing and, and getting into university was a piece of cake because everybody wanted me because of my voice. So I, ne I never had a feeling. She's American, can you tell? <laughs> no British person would ever say, because of my voice. No, no, so I didn't, I didn't because I was the best. <laughs> because I didn't even have to fill out an application, right? <laughs> now that, that's, that's bad though, okay? Because nobody realizes really that I, can't read and write very well, okay? And that uh, if you ask me to write a paper for something, that's gonna be very, very difficult. You know, I always had to find people that help me to do things. So, but I'm a good observer. And, and I learn differently than other people. So I'm a kid, I didn't go to the best schools and the best music program that, I remember the first time I had a music theory class, I didn't know what the guy was talking about. And, and so I had to learn a different way. And I understood that going through life, you're going to mix with all these different people and you have to figure out how you assimilate with them yeah. and that you get along. I'm gonna have people that think I'm low class or I'm un uneducated to people who, um, who uh, uh, don't understand me when I sing operatically, okay? And think I'm sophisticated when I'm not, okay? So I understood what it means to be, and of course I'm gay, to be an outcast in yeah. some, okay? And less able to compete with people that have a better education, okay? And like Jenny, you know, who who understand the ways of the world and can get a better job and all that kind of stuff. But she won't and, take any bullshit, by the way. So, and, so you know. I can imagine. She, she the, the thing I love about her and people love about her is, do you remember Norman Mailer said she she is just there? <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly what he meant. 
and she doesn't worry about what people think about her. Good. She's the least insecure person I know. She, you know, take her as you find her. So she's not going to worry about someone sneering at her. Good. I mean, she probably would be pissed off, right? But, <laughs> but, but, no, she doesn't care. And, and so um, I saw what choirs do. You know, choirs are quite interesting because it doesn't matter what style of music you do. If you're doing Vivaldi's Gloria, if you have somebody who really understands that and to the group, what do you learn from Vivaldi's Gloria? You learn about social history. Why was a, it was the rock and roll of the times of the late 1600s, 1700s. Why was Vivaldi just writing for churches? Who is he? He's a priest with ginger hair. What would it have been like to go into a cathedral, dark, candlelit, with the singers up in the balcony? Would the common people be allowed to hear it? Why do we still sing it today? What makes it so easy to sing? It's one of those choral pieces that everybody can do. Gary, it's, okay? it's almost like As a football trunk. And all the blokes, uh, 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 I'm just going to jump in because otherwise I won't get word in it. They're <laughs> <laughs> literally going, I, 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 and I'm not, no disrespect to our lovely men, but you know, Gloria, Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, they love it. Do you know what I mean? Gloria, Gloria. <laughs> And at, and at the same, uh, and at the same time, when you sing Bob Marley, uh, Three Little Birds or One Love," yeah. it's poetry, and it's a social commentary, and and that opens up the whole door of discussion. Yeah, like when you ask, and, ask and, uh, what does it mean? Uh, uh, what is that line? Let them all. Let them all pass all their dirty remarks. No, uh, there is one uh, question I really, really like to is ask: Is there a place? <laughs> it's like it's like sitting here with female version of Waldorf and Statler. <laughs> but there's this great there's this great passage. Who hurt all mankind just to save his own? So yes, that line which you know, yeah. uh, then we are, then the the whole choir session in prison goes into a whole discussion. What does it mean? Yeah. Brilliant. You know what I mean? And it's really helpful. Uh, I, I'm aware of time, okay, though, so, so we perhaps ought to pass yeah, Let me just finish. So <laughs> so it's about bringing uh, the community into into prison, okay? Oh, and when, when I first tried to do it... Um, it's, not that were, cool. it's not that sort of podcast, Ginny, before you strip <laughs> off. <laughs> Very funny. I'm stripping off for the listeners. Oh, no, maybe I shouldn't even say that, should I? Just taking off my sweater. <laughs> when, when I first um, wanted to go into prison, and they would say, MJ, it's fine, you go in and sing. And I would say, no, 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 I have to bring people in. Because if you don't bring people into prison, no one knows what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm very, you know, I, I have a belief. It, it, so the choirs, before we started the prison program, we would go to places that no one wanted to go to because everybody can go to some place that's easy. Yeah. Okay? And they can go at Christmas time. And so I would say to the choirs, we're not going at Christmas time. Everybody does that. Forget that stuff. We're going to go in February when nobody's going. Yeah. We can go yeah. to the uh, neurological hospital people that have neurological diseases who who are trapped in a wheelchair who are you know the family knows that they're still there okay they may not be able to communicate and we're going to go sing but we're not just going to sing and then leave and pat ourselves on the back and think we did a good deed we're going to sing and then we're going to stay for 30 minutes and talk nice. to everybody and socialize and that's the same concept in the prison and and i was passionate about going into prison my, my brother-in-law 
um, who I loved dearly and was my best friend, um, was a heroin addict. And, and George didn't have long stays in prison, but in and out. A hard worker, and I knew he was a good guy, okay? And I knew why all these things had happened to him and all the issues, okay, that happened and that caused him to be in this situation. And he would try to get, you know, um, to get sober. And, um, and it would work about a, a month and a half. And I used to say to the counselor, as a family member, it's a roller coaster ride. So sometimes I love George and sometimes I hate him because I'm picking up all the pieces, I'm raising the kids and doing all these different things. But I know that I love him and I know he's a good person, but he keeps on meeting the same people. So he goes to group therapy, he's meeting the same people that are just like him. Yeah. House painter, he's not getting any skills. No one's offering him a better job. He's only meeting us. I said, so who else does George meet in the world? Because as a family member, I'm busy taking care of the problems. So it's difficult to introduce him. And there's a trust issue. He's mad at me because sometimes I'm not trusting him. And I'm mad at him because I'm not trusting him. So nobody meets George just for George, him for where he is at this point in his life. And no one's gonna say, George, you're allowed to stop the world and take the time to discover who you are whether it takes one year, two years, or three years, okay? Because we know it takes a long time to find yourself again. And um, so I knew it was important if you're going to do a program in the prison that you bring the community in and that people begin to meet you as who you are at the worst time in your life and understand that there's a human being there who's just like you. Some people are poor, some people are rich, different ethnic backgrounds, different religion, but we're all human beings. We all breathe and sing together. We all giggle and laugh. How do you find yourself, who you were before all life's issues started to pile on top of you? And choir does that in a strange little way, this thing where you breathe together and you sing together, all styles of music. And what do you get from choir singing? You learn about reading and writing, perceiving patterns, social history, diction, interaction, the joy and the passion of what happens in a tune or lyrics or whatever it is. And so Liberty Choir, when the session happens, the first half is socializing. So, so when I set up a room, they're in the circle, you know, a prisoner, a volunteer, prisoner, a volunteer. And so you're, you're interacting with people that you may have never sat down next to or talked to, people who you wouldn't you know, normally do that. So you learn about eye contact. You learn that actually you can talk to anyone and interact with anyone. It's up to you to put the barriers down. And yeah. I'm not just talking about the prisoners. I'm talking about the people, the volunteers who come in to understand what are you fearful of, okay? Because most of us actually are good people, most yeah. people are good people, yeah. okay? And everybody's allowed to make a mistake. It's, it's about us as human beings in the community to know that we can actually lift someone up. And I believe that there are more people in the world that wanna make a difference than there are that don't wanna do anything. And it doesn't mean that you have to give your whole life or the whole week, you can give an afternoon. And so Liberty Choir is about making the connection while, while people are in prison through choir and being there when they get out, if people wanna 
connect with us again because we have made this friendship and fellowship and we're there every week at a certain time. So even like when, let's say we're in Wandsworth and for some reason they were locked down, we'd still go in and I, we'd, they'd be locked in their cells. We'd be in the room and I'd go into the wings and I'd yell up and say, just so you know, we're here singing. <laughs> and we haven't forgotten about you. Can I jump in there? Yeah. Cause that was a very, I, if I was timing that, I'd say that was quite long. <laughs> <laughs> Every word of value. But I, I think Gary, you would agree. You know, a lot of the guys and women in there have been let down time and time again. Yeah, definitely. Obviously they have, um, you know, fucked up in some way. But they, in many cases, the reasons for that, you, you know, when you know people, some of these people's backgrounds, it's, I mean, just one example, I won't say the name, but one of the guys who was really struggling with drug, drug, drug problems, a young guy uh, has been helped by one of our volunteers, um, taking him to rehab, being supportive, you know, all of that. But it was a real eye-opener. I think we were talking about childhood games or something. I can't think why, you know, because part of the, the joy of this choir is that you are just making conversation. Yeah. And, you know, many, many of the, the people who are not typical choir boys, let me say that, say, just for two hours, I feel normal. But, you know, then, you know, that this chap said, um, oh, yeah, so when I was, my childhood game was uh, setting up a, a drug table to sell drugs. You know, so that's him at six or something. You know, other people are, are doing like shop. You know, let's be the greengrocer. And he's being the drug dealer. So, well, it's, it's people's normal life, isn't it? Which, yeah. which is very abnormal to a lot of other people. Yes. And yeah, everyone thinks it's just the choice they've made, but it's ingrained in them. It's from their roots a lot of the time, you know, and, and there's no getting out of it because, like I've always said, when I was a criminal, not only was I a criminal, everyone that I knew was criminal. My life was criminal. My interests were criminal. It was like I was an addict because literally from the moment I woke up until the time I went to bed. And but it's you hard. weren't an addict. You weren't an I, addict. I wasn't a drug addict, no. My environment was similar to that of a drug addict because it was just constantly all around me. There was no getting away from it. You and were even, selling drugs. Oh, I, I, I got convicted of drug smuggling but I'd never had anything to do with drugs and I was set up by a drugs gang. Oh. So I was doing, I was into fake clothing and they put oh. a load of drugs in with the, the fake oh clothing. Oh my gosh, okay. So, yeah, so that's that was my route in. But even so, yeah. I, I'd been a criminal since my sort of mid-teens. And what, Were your family also criminals? Is that uh, no, well, my dad lived away from us anyway since I was like three or something. Um, and he was, he always had been, um, but he had no influence on me. That's the thing, because he had never been around. So I made my own, you know, I took the wrong path on my own, you know. That's so interesting because I interviewed Ashley Walters, you know, who was mm -hmm. in, um, God, what's the bloody band called he was in? You know what I mean? So Solid Crew. So, solid Crew, exactly. And I was so interested. He was a wonderful guy to talk to, actually. And uh, he had the most, you know, we were talking about his mother, his aunt, his grandmother, all incredibly strong women, uh, very supportive of him, very impressive. I think his 
I can't remember which one's which now, but either his mother was um, uh, involved very high up in Lambeth Council. Uh, I think the aunt was involved in the law, you know, was a barrister or something like that. And they were really strong. And at weekends, he was going off and doing his tap dancing and ballet or whatever at drama school. And then during the week, he was on the estate, you know, with the bad boys. And it's fun, Ginny. It's well, fun. It's exciting. Well, I think, I think there, there must be that, but it was beyond that. His father was very like one of our people who's an ambassador now, had many, many children, all with many yeah, different yeah. women. He was in and out and in and out of prison constantly. And, and Ashley said that what he, because I said, well, why weren't these women? I mean, do you have to have a strong male role model? I mean, it, why isn't it enough to have strong female role models? And he said, I, I, all I can say is that, uh, you know, I was constantly craving my father and I constantly wanted to be close to him. And then he looked for father figures in, in these drug gangs and all of that, yeah. you know, because there was a career path for him, even though he had many alternatives because of what, what the, you know, how supportive these women were and yeah. his education and so on. So, you know, it was very interesting and sobering really to hear that is it's not, doesn't seem to be enough if you have a really strong family and it's all women. Yeah, he went away, didn't he? He did. For gun possession. Yeah. Uh, but can I say something? Uh, uh, um, I think what happens in the dynamics of the room is um, because of this inter interaction between the community, you get to meet people that have dyslexia, that may come from not a good background or a good family support because people are talking. So all these issues come up in conversations and um, and and so you you get to see that. But anything in life, uh, when you're trying to make a change about yourself or whatever, um, is a leap of faith, isn't it? And it takes courage to realize that you can be someone else, that you have the opportunity to explore yourself and to discover. And, and often I'll say uh, to everybody, um, as far as I know, we only get one go around. Now, if somebody said to me, don't worry, MJ, you know, you get to come back four different times, okay? <laughs> I can fuck up the first three times, yeah. okay? And then in the fourth time, I can figure it all out. But as far as I know, you only get one go around. So at some point, you have to figure out, do I put what's happened to me good or bad in my life, because you may have come from a very good background and still made bad choices and put it in a pocket and move on. Or do I say, these are the things that happened to me. I better get some help so I can move on. Okay. At some point you have to step up. You have to step up and say, actually, I am unique and special. I, I have value. What have I missed out on? You know, so when, when a volunteer says, you know, actually, you know, I'm very good at reading, but I'm lousy at math. So I'll, I'll say to the guys, if I read, a, I'm trying to read a book and I read a page, I could read a page and really not know what I've read. I might have to do it three times, okay, to, to really remember what I've read. And still, I might not comprehend it. I still want to know what's on that page. So either I'm going to ask somebody, I'm going to figure it out so that I know what it is, okay, because... I want to be like everybody else, but I don't learn the same way. So what do I need to do? Because I want to be a part 
of the whole world and have experiences and yeah. decide what I like and don't like. I don't want to limit myself in life. And I think that's the uniqueness of Liberty Choir because in, when you're in the room with the community and the, the, the prison community together, you realize that everybody really is in the same boat. Yeah, literally shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder. And, and let me jump in now. So. I think what's also very interesting is that a lot of the people in the room are often in pharmaceutical industry, shall we say. Of course, they have to be very good at maths, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and they are brilliant. Uh, uh, we haven't done it for a while. Well, obviously, we haven't done anything for a while. There are qualities that cross over, that's for sure. Well, it's so interesting. Really, it's interesting, Gary, because these guys are brilliant on notation, rhythm, all these things that are that side of the brain, because the music brain and the mathematical brain are on the same side. I don't really understand the neuroscience. Of it, but, <laughs> but I am very good with words, if I say so myself, learning from the Americans. <laughs> um, and you know, that's my safe place and, and place where I flourish. Uh, but I really um, have a hang-up about maths. So I find notation, even so, after all these years, MJ and I have now been together for 20-odd years, haven't we? Yeah. More than 20? Yeah, a little bit over, yeah. Um, you know, really, I think what you see is this fantastic revelation, as MJ says, not just amongst the prisoners, but amongst the volunteers, and even me at times, you know, despite having been doing this now for over 20 years, is is that it's like learning a language or a map, you know, learning how to negotiate a map, because you see the notes go up, you see them go down, and you begin to kind of tune your voice to that, you know, you obviously yeah. see something on the right on the top, and it's like, oh, or, you know, <laughs> something right, <above. laughs> you know what I mean, then you start tuning it, and so I, I think people love to learn, they yeah. love to be stimulated, and they love to succeed, and so it's a really the people who come in week in, week out, of which there are many, um, are learning. And they are, and you know what's beautiful is when those guys cascade out of the room, they're singing. Then the whole prison becomes yeah. singing, you know, people sing it's back. It's togetherness, it's, isn't it? It's togetherness and it's joyful and people are singing in their cells. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like a... It's like a freedom, you know, and then, liberty quiet. So it's like having a moments of liberty. Yeah. And then all of a sudden people are making eye contact. They know each other's name by the first name. Um, when I do the program, I hug everybody who comes in the room. And I always tell the volunteers, you don't have to hug anybody. But I You're hug. supposed to. Obviously. I hug everybody <laughs> in the room coming in. I introduce them. And then I hug them on the way out. Because in prison, you don't get touched. Yeah. And I make well, sure there, there are no labels, you know, pieces of paper where somebody writes their name. I do this thing in, in, in a circle to make everybody know each other's first name. And, and so that we make eye contact, we know each other's first name, so that there's no issue here, that everybody is, is put on a human level as a community. And, and I think the other thing, of course, that makes Liberty Choir unique is that for those that are interested, we're there for them when they come out. They can join the community choirs if they need their handheld to orchestrate through the system, okay? Because it is complicated, especially if you've been in there a long time, um, you know, how to get housing. It's not that we know what to do better than them, but 
if you don't have anybody kind of to be by your side. Yeah, got your back. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, and, so can I just finish it? So mm -hmm. then, so then the community is there. I, I'll set up a team around somebody. Some people, of course, get out. They don't need us. They just want to be in contact because we become friends. Yeah. Just on an equal and we, level. And I think, I think, um, uh, why don't we in the remaining time just focus? Because I know we just are like runaway trains. I'm sure there are questions that you may want to, 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 to finish up on. Well, have you been in the prisons since um, things have opened up again? We are going to go into prison. I'll, I'll just, I think I can be a bit shorter, so I'll, I'll just be the <laughs> final question. Um, so uh, we are going back into two prisons in November, which is Brilliant. very exciting. We've been pushing, pushing to, to do so. We have a, a new uh, operations and partnership um, manager, uh, Emma Gray, who was in Wandsworth when we first started in 2014. Uh, the chaplain from that time who was absolutely brilliant and he'd go all over the prison to pick people to come into the choir Excellent. even though you were only supposed to be in trinity uh he's a, he's an ambassador uh our our um a chair of our board of trustees sally hill was a prison governor um and met us also in 2014 and uh so emma is absolutely brilliant we're in touch with eight prisons uh we're hoping to get back into Wandsworth and Brixton, who are very challenged. As you know, Wandsworth had some awful, tragic yeah. uh, information. But we are going into, uh, let me just finish now, I'm Jed, please. Okay, cool. uh, we're now um, uh, going into Downview and into Lewis. Uh, uh, in, in a, uh, because they're still at level two, so in a, a prescribed way. Yeah. But our, our model is, is 20 volunteers, 20, which is a lot of people to come in, as you know, in yeah. prison um with key holders and security passing and all of that so uh uh you know we have been partners with kersler arts we've actually mm -hmm. performed for the launch of um their south bank center three times in fact uh, which, which is great um so yes yeah, so so we are uh covid has done something amazing for us is that we have realized that we still have a, a great value by offering something now, in addition, it was in substitution, but now in addition, we will have our live program. We will also be um, setting up franchise models so we can't just rely on MJ singers, new people. And we've had a lot of demands for that, requests, I should say. And then also um, we're going to have the National Prison Radio, 48 songs, How Music Saved My Life. Each one person picking a song that has meant so much to them. And Brilliant. I interview them, MJ analyzes the song. So that's uh, that's it, I think. Yes, I, I think the thing is when COVID happened, Gare, uh, I, I said to Ginny, I said, oh my God, we're just stopping. We don't even get to say goodbye to any, any of the guys or the women. And um, how do they even know that we're thinking about them and that we understand that they're being locked up 24 hours, 23 hours and 45 minutes every day and yeah. not getting out. And so the first thing I did, I contacted all the volunteers and I said, we're gonna do a letter writing campaign because we have a list of all the people that have done the Liberty Choir program and we're gonna start writing them letters. Oh, beautiful. Yep, and then we started the <clears throat> radio program first on Radio 10. And what I asked is all the Liberty Choir graduates or people that did the program in the prison, Liberty Choir volunteers and supporters. And I Excuse said, me. I'd like you to do messages recorded on your phone, short message, one minute long. Let let the men and women know. Uh, so starting at Wandsworth with Radio 10 that they're not forgotten. 
Yeah. Whatever words of inspiration you like to do, okay? Whatever. You can tell them what you're doing in lockdown. You're drawing or you, you know, you do this or how do you feel? And so, you know, guys, the messages were brilliant. You know, the, the Liberty Choir, some guys would say, uh, you know, I know what it means to be behind the door. You hang in there. Somebody would talk about a football team that was their favorite team. And um, uh, some of the volunteers did a message every week. Excellent. And, uh, and um and so we did letter writing and then we started to do care packages, you know, so that they would have pens and paper and things, you know, because everything stopped. You couldn't even write letters to your family members. No, no. Okay. So um, that was really important. So when, you know, and I didn't know how to do a radio program. So when we first started, you know, I said, yo, 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 it's MJ from Liberty Choir. I just want you to know we have not forgotten you. And every day I wake up thinking about you. So, you know, yeah. and I know your family's thinking about you, too. Um, and that really concerned me. And um, and so, yes, it continued Liberty Choir, but it was really about we've done this human contact. No one's thinking about them. Yeah. And also the staff. OK, um, when when um, first of all, prisons are short staff, you, you know, you don't pay people enough. OK, so you get what you get, don't you? OK. And, and you know, there are some people who are dedicated and want to make a difference and help people and be there for them. Other people just take it as a job. And, and then other people are really kind of creepy. OK, yeah. <laughs> yeah. OK, OK. So and, and that's why it's important to bring in the community, because then you see that and then you can say, when as a community, you see that you can tell other people and you can make people realize, you know what, we can actually do better. Yeah. This, this is ridiculous. Okay. Why are we throwing people away? You know, sometimes, you know, as a charity, you always have to go ask people for money and do all this stuff to get people to donate to the charity in order to exist. You know, and sometimes you'll have people say, why would I want to help a prisoner out? You know? And, and um, you know, I'll say, well, let's, let's, let's put this in the perspective. When I do a community choir, I don't stand at the door and say to them, what have you done in your life? Let me see if I'm going to accept you, okay? Because I'm a community choir, no auditions, anybody can come. You're allowed to squeak and squawk. I don't care. You can have a learning curve until you get it. You don't have to read music because I know if I repeat a musical line 50 times, eventually you're going to get it. Of course. Okay? You're going to be there, okay? So so there's, there's no rules or restrictions to say when you come. And isn't that really the same in every way in life, okay? Yeah. But when a prisoner gets out, they, they're marked, okay? They have to say that that's what happened to them. No one takes them for who they are, but we know that things should be set up so that they have a good job because all of us know. If you, you know, I, I always say to the guys, I want you to have a full-time job and a part-time job because if you're busy and you're working- Yeah, it stops you, anything else, doesn't it? Yeah, you have money in your pocket and you can pay your rent and you can get your grocery bills and you can do nice things for your family or friends or whatever. Your life is okay. Yeah. And by the community coming in, <laughs> by the community coming in, they have connections to help people. Gary. Get yes. jobs and all that kind of stuff. You get what I'm saying. Gary, I think I'm, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Gary, I'm really sorry. I now understand. I've been getting so irritated with all the Hollywood PR minders. But I now understand why some people need to be protected from this. <laughs> because MK has got so much to do, so have I. And so 
I know we have to wrap this up now because you've got, you can't possibly use everything that we've said. But <laughs> I, I just have one more thing to say. I'm going to say goodbye, okay. Gary, because I got, I really, I, I, I can't, I have to go. And MJ will now go on for another 30 minutes, but she's got, don't let her because she's okay. got so much work and she'll complain. I just no, want to, lovely just, to meet you. Bye, Gary. Soon. I'll carry on speaking to MJ if Gary. that's okay. I just wanted to say one other thing. Um, one of the volunteers said the other day, um, the first time a guy or a woman may come in, it's just because they're going to have two hours where they feel free, okay? Or it's something different to do, okay? But often I'll say to them, look, just come in. I guarantee you that you'll have a good time. And if you don't, don't come back again, yeah. okay? You know. And, and from, you know, people that look, you know, very blokey to people that are, are depressed or whatever, all that, okay? It, you know, ev everything you can imagine, as you know. And, uh, and, and, then, and, then, and then the volunteer said, and then next week they come back because they discovered that it's much more than singing. It is about the community. And, that, and that's the thing that singing does, whether you're in a football stadium, okay, or on the scaffolding or in the choir you discover that you are so much more than just the person that you think you are. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like being trapped inside your body and all your muscles are tight and you can't release yourself. And choir singing gives you that opportunity to say, I, I'm a free bird. Yeah. I can fly. I'm allowed to fly. I can be anything anyone I want to be and I can interact with anyone and there are actually people out there in the world who will accept me and embrace me and get that we all stumble and fall and we just don't do it once yeah they do it two three ten twelve fifteen times and we're allowed to yeah I, you know I'll say I give you permission to make a mistake yeah if, if it was a child, you wouldn't put them on the naughty step forever, would you? No. But, but and Gary then, and, and then that's our responsibility to understand why that happened again. Yeah. Okay. And what can we do? How can we decide another way to help lift that person up? Because obviously the first way didn't work. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I, why I talk about learning, why learning is different for me than other people. Okay, so if learning is different for me, I'm not unique. I've come from a good family. My mother was a teacher. Why can't I read? Yeah, What's going yeah. on? What did I miss out on? Why did I figure out how to figure it out as I went along? Okay, and I, I think that's the game of life, that we're all in it together. And, and I don't want anybody to have a, cr a crutch, okay? I get it that people use religion or they have different things that help them, fantastic, okay? For me, they don't have to be a choir person when they come out. I'm cool about that. It's the point of what choir gave you. Choir gave you the opportunity to learn, to be creative, and to explore yourself. And it's the interaction and exploring self that makes all the difference. Yeah. Say that you have potential, okay? And my dream, so we'll put it out in the podcast, is two things. My dream is that we get corporations and companies to give people jobs. Give us, give us the jobs for the people coming out of prison that nobody wants when they have a family. Third shift, working in the warehouse in Amazon, B&Q, Waitrose, whatever. Give us a good job, 
okay? Not a job where you make a minimum wage. Give us a job that has potential where they can grow and develop. And then secondly, let's make a difference in that we understand that we're doing whatever this justice thing is, okay? That we're doing it wrong. We're doing it wrong. Oh, like you wouldn't believe. I just that, that I just wanted, you know, I just wanted to say those are the goals, okay? That we talk about it and we're able to change the social justice system and to make it uh, an issue that no one's scared to talk about. You know, that's the problem in, with politics, isn't it? It's not glamorous to talk about prisoners, the prisons and social justice. It's, it's just not glamorous. And, and they always pick up, you know, the weirdo that did the weird things, okay? <laughs> in prison, and nobody talks about just the average Joe who's in yeah, prison, okay? Yeah. And, you know, it irritates me. So all the average Joes are forgotten. Yeah. So one of the things I was saying earlier, if there's a hundred people in the room that come to choir, are they all jerks? Or would you say 50 of them are jerks? or 25 are jerks. So that means there might be 25 people who aren't jerks. So what are we doing to help them? Okay, I think that's the thing. We have to stop doing these, you know, uh, uh, talking about these extreme cases, okay? And let's talk about everybody else. Yeah. And what are we gonna do to help them? Well, you see yourself that when you go into prison and you spend time with the prisoners, they're not all the ones that you read in the papers or see on the news. Most of them are just like your cousin, your son, your sister, your next door neighbor. It's just that the person down the road. Gary, it's a disgrace. It's just an absolute disgrace. And, And it's not glamorous for a politician to talk about it. My dream is that we get a politician who actually takes this up, okay? and begins to talk about it so we can move forward. But I mean, things what... like you're doing and that we're doing is public perception that has to change because yeah. all, all the time the government is um, reacting to public perception, yeah. then you know things are gonna get worse and worse and worse because it's the hard line. But yeah. if, if you try and change people's attitudes, which we all do little bit by little bit, but there's, yeah. there's hundreds of us doing it. You yeah. know, we're, we're all changing the perception slightly of, half a dozen people every every month for instance yeah but, you know collectively we're all making such a difference you know yes no i i often say to Ginny, i won't live long enough to see the difference but i'm gonna i'm determined that as long as i live i'm gonna bring as many people into prison to see this to understand if Beautiful, it's yeah. the mental health or making a bad choice you know and there, there's there there's no tag you can put on it they just made a bad choice what are we doing to help them to get on with their life so that they can be a part of life and actually contribute just the same as us? Yeah. Look, in my life, I've done a lot of things. I was lucky. I never got caught. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because I, I had my youth and my experimentations and all kinds of things. Okay. You know, sometimes life is a roll of dice, whatever. I don't think it's right to throw people away. And sometimes people will say, oh, do you let this kind of person in or that kind of person? I said, into Liberty Choir, and I'll say, anybody that's really not with us, okay? They don't come back. No. Because it's too normal. It's too normal, okay? And, And aren't you worried? And I said, I'm not worried at all. Because number one, in that room, there's this love going on. And I don't have to worry. Because I'm going to be protected. 
Yeah. Okay. And, and it's usually the guys. Okay. They just won't stand for somebody disrespecting, but I'm not going to take any shit either. If a young <laughs> guy comes in and his pants are falling down upon his knees, I'll say, Oh my God, pull up your pants <laughs> in a room with a bunch of other people. Okay. <laughs> Have you looked in the mirror? Okay. You know, and they'll say, Oh, MJ. And I'll say, yep, yeah, whatever. Hasn't anybody ever said it to you? Okay. So I'm telling you, doesn't, it's not a good look. Brilliant. Okay. And, and I think that's the thing. You can't be frightened to be honest. And you can't be frightened to be honest that you actually care about each other. It's okay. And you can't be frightened about your background, whether you're too posh or you're too poor or whatever. It's okay. Yeah. Because we're all one. I mean, that's the point. We're all in it together. At the end of the day, we're not going to really understand what it's all about. But it, but the basic thing that it's about is that we are a community of people. And I'm going to have my own personal things that I'm committed to and my own family I'm committed to. But I can certainly make an hour in my day once a week, an afternoon once a week, committed to somebody else. Brilliant. Okay. And, and I think that's the thing. It's harder when you're younger, when you have a family, it gets easier as you get older. And so most charities will tell you most of their volunteers are of a certain age because you have more time. Of okay, Big deal. Okay. But that's the issue and getting the word out. And anyway, I appreciate you, you know, giving us an interview and that we would have an opportunity to talk about Liberty Choir. We do start back into HMP Downview. It's very exciting to finally get back into prison and do the, do the live program where you interact as human beings. Yeah. And, um, and then we're going to do these one-off workshops in Lewis because they're not past the level. But really by spring 2022, we hope to be in six to eight prisons, uh, which is brilliant. And someday the dream is to be in every prison in the UK involving lots of community choirs um, all over the country, uh, WIs, Rotary Clubs, because like I said, there are more people in the world that want to make a difference in people's lives than there are that don't want to do anything. Exactly. And, and that's the reality. And we just have to have give them a path and open the door to make that possible. Yeah. And um, our Liberty Choir graduates were in touch with uh, about 70, uh, mostly men, uh, men, and um, who have been in and out of our lives. So some people need you when they come out, or they only need you for three months, or they need you for a very long period of time. Um, uh, or they just get choir and they love it and they come to community choir. So there's about seven to 10 guys that do the choirs. And uh, and there's of those 70, there's about 35, 40 guys that I know if I picked up the phone and I said, we're having a fundraiser or Liberty Choir is doing this. Can you help me? Can you show up and talk about the program? And I know they'll all be there because they understand and what it meant to them that they knew every week, no matter what, we're coming in and we're going to see them. Excellent. And, okay. And that's what Liberty Choir is. Okay. So pass the word. What events has Liberty Choir got coming up? Yes. Okay. So, um, uh, we have a development board. So this is, and, and Liberty Choir is where it's at today because of Ginny, okay? Yeah. Because she is my dream maker. And I'll say to her, we need this, this, and this. And she makes it happen. Brilliant. And she tells people. And because you need the stardust in order for people to pay attention. 
Yeah. And Ginny makes that happen. So uh, we have a big event on November 2nd. The development board is put together with Chris Atkins, who wrote, you know, a bit of a stretch. He was in for VAT fraud. And uh, John Sweeney will be hosting. Um, uh, anyway, so a bunch of people on stage talking about the prison system. And um, and then, like we, I said, we go into HMP Downview. We'll be um, doing the uh, Big Give, which is a charity thing. Uh, during the first week of December, trying to raise money for Liberty Choir. And um, so that's the big thing uh, at the end of the year. It, it's a it's a website called The Big Give. And I think there's like a thousand charities listed. And, um, and we hope people will pick Liberty Choir. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to remember, we're not curing cancer, feeding children, or saving cats. <laughs> uh, yeah. not that i'm being critical or anything uh, it's difficult no, it's, it's only humans yes, yes. <laughs> so, so you hope people will pick liberty choir and donate yeah and, uh, but it's a great website and we did it last year so we'll be doing that and then going into 2022 the hope is that as COVID disappears that we will um get into more prisons and uh and uh, continue to expand the program and people will, you know, uh, take notice, but we'll continue all the programs. So we'll be doing the radio program, letter writing, care packages, um, and and then the live program. That's what we'll be doing here. Brilliant. Okay. Well, when's the big give? Because I'll put it, this would be best to come out a few days before that, won't it? All right, yeah. So it's the first week of December and people can just go to the website and donate money to Liberty Choir. And what's great about the big give is they match the money somebody donates. So if they donate 10 pounds or hundred pounds or a thousand, the big give will double it. And that's what it's all about, the big give website. The, the last question is how can people find Liberty Choir, be yep. it social media or website? Yep, okay, so our, our official name is Liberty Choir UK because okay. there are choirs all over the world called Liberty Choir. Okay. Liberty Choir UK. It takes you to the website. It uh, We have a YouTube channel with lots of videos. So if you go to YouTube and you go on videos, Liberty Choir UK, you'll see lots of testimonials and videos of different things. You can hear the radio programs and um, uh, and there's a Twitter account, of course, uh, but the website tells you everything you ever need to know about Liberty Choir. And then if you click on that, the email comes to the team and somebody will respond Brilliant. to that. And you've yeah. also got the legend that is um, Mr. Gilmore from Pink Floyd. Yes, uh, David is um, a, a big keen patron. Um, Stephen Fry, uh, you, you know, um, Roger Daltrey, supporter. Uh, uh, so yeah, we have uh, Michelle Hussein. We have all these people that totally get it, you know, are, are people of note that you may not agree with them on many, many issues. But the one thing you agree on is that People have value and worth. Yeah. And we can make a difference. Everyone deserves a second chance, right? Absolutely, Gare. Hey, I got to say goodbye because, you know, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, MJ, it's been a pleasure speaking to, to the both of you. Uh, and, um, thanks, Gary. Thanks for having us, okay? You're more than welcome. I hope we meet in person soon. Oh, it's going to it's gonna be definite, that's for sure. Thanks, Gare. Bye-bye. See you later. See you. Bye-bye. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon, leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast, or even giving us a positive shout-out on your social media. Anything is appreciated, but either way, thanks for listening. <laughs>
And until next week, ta-da. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.